So if you listened to last week's Money Talk Monday episode, you know that my wife and I started working towards debt freedom and financial wellness after an uncomfortable moment on our honeymoon. Although she wanted to be debt free, she wasn't exactly thrilled with the method that I came up with to get us there. So this week, I figured I'd share how we got on the same page, which led to us crushing $61,000 in debt in only 16 months. And not only that, but continuing to build wealth since then. Let's talk about it. So quick recap for the folks who weren't here last week. Taylor and I go on our honeymoon and it turns out to be way more expensive than I had planned. So instead of sharing that fact with my wife, I continued to act as if everything was cool up until we had a snorkeling trip get canceled. And instead of me rescheduling it, I just asked for a refund. This led to us finally being financially transparent with each other in a way that we just hadn't done before. And at that time, we discovered that we had $61,000 in debt combined between the two of us. Now, because I felt so much shame and guilt for, I guess, ruining our honeymoon, I kind of started on this journey to financial wellness about that time. I came home and I started reading all these books and blogs and listening to podcasts about money. And then I came up with this great plan for how we would tackle our debt, then build wealth once we were done. So I sit Taylor down and I just start going on and on about how from that point forward, we weren't going to travel and how we were going to stop going out to dinner so much and how she wouldn't be getting her hair and nails done and just all these changes that were just super big to our lifestyle. And then I pulled out this budget and I showed her how the money we would save was just going to all go to paying off our debt and how we could do it in a year if we got focused. Now, at that time, we made probably $105,000 combined. And so according to my plan, we were going to go from living on over $100,000 to living on about 40K and sending 60K to debt almost overnight. And I mean, this sounded like a win to me because I'm the type of person that like once I get sold on something, I just go for it. I'm all in. But Taylor wasn't feeling it. And I didn't know what to do other than just really nag her about her spending every time she bought something. And so as you can imagine, that first month was absolute hell. I mean, we fought about money at least every other day and I may be underselling it. It could have been every day, but it wasn't ever really about the money or the numbers. See, we fought so much because I was fighting for this dream life that she had no idea about and she was fighting for a quality of life that I no longer cared about. And thinking back to that, I thought that she wanted to be debt free and she did, but just not to the extent that I did. And that's okay. And from her perspective, she thought I cared about the fancy dinners and the vacations because all those things signified quality time to us in the past. And I did care about that stuff, but not more than I wanted financial freedom. And you know what? That's okay too. And so this season of miscommunication lasted for about a month before things finally started changing and we learned how to talk to each other. I really think what sparked that change was when I just shut up about the budget and the numbers and I started talking about how being under all this debt and having all these monthly payments made me feel just 
suffocated. Now, for those of you who don't know my wife, she is a natural helper. And so I think hearing some of that sparked something inside of her. And so as I'm sharing this, she starts opening up about how not being able to do all these things that we used to do together in that signified quality time for her would be suffocating for her. And, you know, I didn't really want that either. And so what happened from there was we found a compromise. We decided that we would go to special dinners for friends and family. She would get her hair and nails done, but less frequently instead of never. And then for our anniversary, we would do a staycation. And so as we progressed, I did notice Taylor becoming more and more engaged in the process. And when I lost my job 10 months in, and I had to work for a food delivery service to keep up momentum, it was a little bit discouraging to me. But then she would encourage me and keep me focused on the progress we were making. And when she had to miss time at work because of lupus, I could tell she was down about how things had slowed down and it was my turn to be the encourager. And so all in all, we paid off our entire $61,000 in only 16 months. And almost four years later, I'm really still proud of that accomplishment, not just because of the financial accomplishment, but because how that transformed our marriage and how that transformed how we communicate. See, at the end of the day, I know that Taylor always has my best interest at heart and she knows that I always have her best interest at heart. And so when we find ourselves in these agreements like we were then, it works for us to just stop and collect our thoughts and realize that, hey, we're not fighting against each other. We're fighting for the same thing. And so going through that journey was life changing for us. And I really believe it shaped the trajectory of our marriage from that point forward. And so enough about our story. I do want to give you guys some tips if you're looking to get on the same page with your spouse. One of the first things that you need to do, and I think this is so important, you need to ask for time to talk. Sometimes our messages in marriage aren't received because of the timing in which we deliver them. So if your spouse doesn't care about the budget, don't interrupt them during their favorite TV show or don't try to talk about it while the kids are running around driving you both crazy. You're, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So if you both keep a calendar and are planners like we are, just ask, hey, how about we order some food and have a chat over some wine tomorrow night? It's simple. Make it something to look forward to. Next, once you get in this meeting, you need to remember that you are a human. You need to talk openly and honestly about how your current situation makes you feel way more than you talk about the budgets or the numbers. You're not a robot. It wasn't until I started talking about how I felt and how this debt was keeping us from doing things that we really wanted to do and how frustrating that was that Taylor started to understand just how much I cared about that process. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say your spouse probably cares way more about you than some spreadsheet you keep waving in front of their face. So talk more about how you're feeling instead of what they need to change and the numbers on that sheet. But this is important. You can't just talk about you. You have to ask about them and their goals. One thing I knew about Taylor was that she always wanted the option to be a stay at home mom whenever we had kids. And she didn't know for sure if she would do this, but being in a place to where she could was important. And the other thing I knew was that having multiple cars and all these credit card payments could keep her from that goal. And so we talked about it. When the time came, she ultimately decided to go back to work after four months, but it wasn't because she couldn't afford to be home longer. 
And see, conversations like that are a great way to get a reluctant spouse to think less about what they're giving up and more about what they're going to gain as a result of these new spending habits. So that's the key. You want to focus more on what you gain and less on what you're giving up. But it all starts with asking them about their goals, asking them about what drives them, what's motivating them. What kind of life would you want to live if we didn't have all these payments? Now, once you have that conversation, you need to be open to compromise. I've already said it, but in the beginning, Taylor wasn't 100% on board with the plan. And I would rather have a spouse that's 75% on board and meet them there than to put a strain on my marriage trying to drag them to that last 25%. Listen to me. None of my goals are more important than my marriage. And I think sometimes us money nerds lose sight of that. So be open to a little compromise. If you have a spouse that goes out to eat with their coworkers every day for lunch, maybe going from 100 to zero is a little dramatic. So maybe you compromise with twice a week and you start there. Who knows? You may wake up after a few small wins and you'll have a spouse that's just as locked in as you, but you'll never get there by consistently nagging them about that last 25%. And remember, it's not just your plan. It's your plan together. That means both of you have a voice and both of you get a say in the budget for your household. Now, sometimes we just have to lead by example for a time period. So one time I coached this couple and the husband was very flaky, like he would show up to the meeting sometimes and then sometimes he would skip. But when he was there, his arms were folded. He wasn't actively engaged and just it just created a bad experience for everybody that was involved. But the wife, on the other hand, she would continue to show up. She continued to budget. She'd try to have these positive conversations. She'd never really nagged him in the meetings. She would just try to do all the right things. And one day he showed up and he was just ready to work and he was ready to put together a plan and he was ready to do all the right things and it was just kind of like okay who's this guy and in that meeting he said something that really stuck with me he said honey you always get these great big grand ideas to do things and you rarely see them through and I didn't really want to make all these sacrifices and then have you back out down the road but now I see that you're serious about this and so if this is what you want to do I'm all in My point in sharing that is that sometimes we just need to model it for a little bit. Continue being positive, continue asking about their goals, continue sharing about ourselves and how we feel and just doing all the right things. And sometimes that's just what works. Now, I think this last point is one of the most important, and that's once you finally have a spouse that's on board, you need to stay consistent. It's not enough to just get your spouse on board in one single meeting. Both of you are constantly changing and you're developing new interests and you're developing new ideas. And so you need to sit down at the end of every month with your budget and you got to talk about what worked for both of you that month and what didn't. Praise each other for the progress you make and all the wins you have together and then avoid nagging each other about your mistakes. This isn't one of those things where you get to have those gotcha moments. This is a time for you both to recognize potential problem areas together and come up with solutions together that will move you forward together. From there, you sit down, you create a plan for the next month based on those solutions and you just never stop doing that. I'm serious. Never stop. Once a month every month, make it happen. And that's because, again, we all grow and change over time. So naturally, our budgets need to grow and evolve with our interests. This is a great way to stay in touch with your spouse. So we have a meeting on our calendar for every fourth Sunday just before bed to do this. And I mean, it works wonders for us. 
So if you need help just getting started creating a solid financial plan, I want you to go to winningtowealth.com slash guide to download our ebook specifically for couples. I'm going to be sure to link to that in the show notes. But if this process of getting your spouse on board has been frustrating and you need a place to just talk about it or get more tips, be sure to stop by the neighborhood. The neighborhood is our private group where we talk all things money freely and openly, and you can find it at winningtowealth.com slash neighbors. So that's winningtowealth.com slash guide for the book to help you create a plan. And that's winningtowealth.com slash neighbors to join our community. Again, I'll be sure to link to both of those in the show notes. Thanks for listening to another Money Talk Monday segment. We'll talk soon.